0: Yeah, I, talk, I had a one guy on here who was uh, he was a a drone pilot. Yeah, it, it, for flying those drones over Yemen, those killer yeah. drones, and he was like, he was recruited by I believe it was the Air Force that was uh, that was heading that program. But it, he was said he was like nineteen years old, eighteen yeah. years old, and and they were having him pull the trigger on these drones that were blowing up, you know, people. Yep. And, Ken, yep. and he being 18 years old, watching people get, you know, blown up yep. in countries like Yemen or whatever, and mm-hmm. it scarred him. I mean, it really messed his head up. Yeah. Having to make those decisions, yes. and or whether he was making the decisions or not, he was probably following orders, like right. pulling the trigger on those drones and, yep. and watching these people suffer, like on mm-hmm. the, watching the infrared camera, these people yep. like crawling and bleeding and yep.
1: Yeah, that stuff can be
0: terrifying to you, like to any any human.
1: Right, and think about like, like all the people involved in that decision. Mm -hmm. Right, so he was pulling the trigger, so he probably felt directly responsible. But there's a chain of command, right? There are other people making that decision, Mm -hmm. people who found that location to target, like the guy in charge who makes the decision to target it, who like people who know that. That house might have the guy's kids in it. Mm. Do we target or not? Right? Like, there are t- there are, there are tons of people who are involved in this decision, and it there are so many factors that weigh in, right? And I I don't. It's <laughs> it's it's a sad reality, right? Like I I don't advocate. Collateral damage in war, but it happens and it's a reality, and people have to make those decisions. War is not clean, it's just unfortunate. And I, um, when we were working, uh, we were working in the Middle East, and I was working with a Delta Force guy, and he was the nicest guy ever like a family man. He, um, he had actually like his own nonprofit that like helped women learn self-defense and just the nicest guy and he was teaching this triage class and starts telling this story about you know missions where he went in like his missions were specifically to go in and kill people right like you and your team are going to go into this place. You are going to kill the people there. Like, you know, very close range shooting or hand-to-hand combat. Like, telling stories about team members that he lost on those missions. Um, and so I asked, I asked them, I was like, what kind of psychological care do they give you? Because there's no way. So, for the CIA, they do a ton of psychological testing
0: beforehand.
1: Yes, before they hire you. So I'm assuming that part of all the special forces is like
0: this the policies that are made mm-hmm. and you know how effective they are. Yeah. And I think it was it might have been part of uh one of Snowden's recent documentaries where he mentioned mm-hmm. that.
1: Yeah, and it's definitely like, I mean, I believe in checks and balances, right? And I think that there should be checks and balances in mm-hmm. place. There should be reviews in place. I think sometimes that either doesn't happen or it goes, you know, there's just too much um, pressure, um, like the whole, uh, you know, waterboarding. Um, You know, and I I don't agree with everything the government does, but.
0: Well, I mean, it is kind of interesting that he is in russia right now and he's living like normally (laughs) in russia i mean do you think there's some sort of like weird leverage thing going on between russia and the united states by by russia Mm -hmm. letting him stay there
1: my guess is that they he my guess is that he knew enough leaving that it was worth them keeping him so I mean, it's, not, it's not like it's going to ruin the relationship between the U.S. and Russia. He's, like, in the grand scheme of things, a small potato. But um, he having him there and having his knowledge, you know, is beneficial for Russia. Like, they can spend years asking him questions about things. Right. Because he lives there. And they've given him, like, is he a citizen now?
0: I think so. Yeah. I'm not hundred percent sure, but
1: so yeah, it's it's in their best interest. It's like no skin off their nose to let him live there, and it's in their best interest to have him there and have access to him. and I wonder what they questions. Would, I
0: wonder what they would do though, if the u s said that they would we would take him back and basically wipe him of all his mm. his charges. I wonder if they would let him come back.
1: That's interesting. I don't know. They probably would. I mean, how beneficial would it be for them? Like, they already they already know, in theory, because I don't know the man, but they know he's not, like, strictly loyal to the United States right. government, right? So why not let him come back, see what it more information even, he can get? It
0: might even be risky for the United States to let him back, because they might think yeah. that he's now, you know, working for Russia or providing some sort of yeah I in mean information to other countries now, I mean, it's kind of
1: yeah, he'd be followed by f b i forever <laughs> right, <laughs> like, oh yeah, <laughs> like,
0: yeah so. so what is in your opinion, what is like the overarching view of the United States from these other countries that you visited so like what is their perspective? I'm sure you spent a lot of time talking to a lot of different people,
1: yeah, so um, I can speak mostly for Asia. Um, and the perspective there is really interesting because the United States has a lot of influence throughout Asia Um, just historically from World War II um, but China is their actual neighbor and China has a longer history with all of the Asian countries so like East Asian, Southeast Asian and it's really impressive to see the fine line that the, like, ASEAN, basically, countries walk, right? Like, they want, they don't, (laughs) China's aggressive, so they don't really want to be, like, under China's thumb, but the United States isn't going to step up in the way that they want them to step up all the time. Um, I know Obama did, like, an Asia Pivot, but that changes president to president, right? Like whatever the focus is changes over time. Where China, like that is their backyard. So China's interested in having control over those countries through trade, having control of the waters for their Navy. Um, So it's this really interesting dynamic of, you know, they like the United States. They see us as a power, like, a power for good, a power, an ally. But China's sitting right there, and they have to, like, they cannot ignore China. Like, if they had to choose, my bet would always be on China. Like, if they ever had to choose between who they were going to back, because America's far away, I think so. I mean, that's my, from my experience, because, you know, so sometimes America goes through its moods, right? Sometimes America just doesn't want to be involved, and they're like, "Well, America's not going to back us up." This president, mm-hmm. you know, some like America's far away. So by the time it took us to do anything, like China's literally sitting right there, and then you know the culture is a little bit different. Like everything I was saying about. You know, you need to be able to put yourself into the shoes of the Thais, of the Cambodians, of the mm. Malaysians, right? Like, has America done a good enough job, or diplomats doing a good enough job of doing that to be able to have those discussions? You know. Mm. So.
0: Yeah, no, it's it's uh, it's so it's so crazy how, you know, the different relationships between different different countries that Mm -hmm. you know are having to deal with you know playing both sides or being a part of a tug of war between country, different countries just because they're stuck in the middle of these two superpowers like uh you know right now with russia and uh and the ukraine Mm -hmm. yeah it's so crazy
1: and america doesn't have as much sway as it used to um we're a lot more globalized now there are other countries that have come up Um, So, like, in the, when we were in the Middle East, so I've never been to, I've never actually been to South Asia, but when we were in the Middle East, we were close enough to South Asia, so like India, Pakistan, um, that we, um, we met a lot of people from those areas there, and it was fascinating to watch the relationship there, like, America's not even, like, barely a consideration um, you know on certain things but I mean really like they are dealing with their neighbors like in the Middle
2: East and South Asia winning to make money niggas gotta know that you know what I'm saying I feel like a lot of people you know go through what they go through because most of the times in their head and their mind they have limits I feel like if you remove the limits that's in your mind like for instance if you say, okay, cool, this this month I'm finna make, this is like me, if I say, this month I'm finna make 50000 then you probably make a little less than that, but if you, if you remove it, you know what I'm saying, if you remove the limit, just, man, I'm finna make, or dream big, like, make it crazy, don't just have a low limit to your life with anything that you do, like, always think big, dream big, you know what I'm saying, like, stuff like that. Cause, if you put a limit on anything, you're gonna have the limit or lower. You feel me? So, cut the limits out or whatever. You know what I'm saying? And always think big, dream big. You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna say, no matter how successful I get, I'ma always be a student. To I'ma always be a student to learn and success. You know what I'm saying? No matter how big I get, I'm always be a student to learn the success because it's always going to be something that you don't know about that somebody in a better position can teach you. Some people be so like negative to certain situations that they block it out. But me personally, if you want to get successful, you always have to be a student to doors of opportunity that you never open. You know what I'm saying, like. You got to ask yourself, why is this person a millionaire? Why is this person a billionaire? Why is this person driving this? Why is this person living like this? That means something that they know that you don't know. So if you become a student of success, student of billions, student of millions, that's how it's going to open a door for you. You can't be too negative. You can't be, you know what I'm saying? You got to have confidence in yourself about everything that you do. So me to you. I'm just saying, be a student man to success. Feel me? So I want to let y'all know a lot of people be DMing you about this, about that. You know what I'm saying? If you trying to really get into details about stuff, and you need help on anything, just subscribe to my OnlyFans. You know what I'm saying? There's there's going to be something on there you, you want to know, or you need to know that can help you, because I just feel like I'm giving y'all secrets to all types of credit, ways, primaries, this, that, you know what I'm saying? And I just feel like people just need to know about it, you feel me? So if you want to know, you know what I'm saying, stuff about life and how to get successful and stuff like that, subscribe to my OnlyFans, man, you know what I'm saying? It's going to be in the bio, man. It's going to be also go to my Instagram, bandman underscore kevo, my Twitter, bandman kevo, you feel me? Make sure y'all subscribe to my OnlyFans. Turn it up. You hear me? This is my game room right here. i this little game on. This is This studio. studio we'll this so we'll right we'll uh, is right this gonna just go crazy straight game, man. Damn, you know? We're gonna let this at the toe. Gun on my flow. Gun on my hoe. Gun on my hey man, this is how we roll the man though. You, you know what I'm saying? This exactly like when I got the May right, I'm like, man, bro, you feel me? I I be in a lot of fast cars, right? So I just felt like I need a sports car, man, like, you know what I'm saying, but not a sports car, I need a V12, I need something that's fast, but very luxury, you know what I'm saying, something that'll massage your seats, you know what I'm saying, something that'll really tee you up the right way though, man, you know what I'm talking about, so I came up with this way, I'm just like, okay, let me turn on the seats and really turn this thing up the right way though, gang, you know what I'm talking (laughs) about. Let's start this thing up, see how much I can get massaged while I'm chilling in the back on recliner. you hear me? Okay, let's see, let me see, Uh, let me see, okay, oh there it go right there, that's it, that's it, yes, uh, you dig me, you hear me? what I like right here man. I'm, I'm riding, I'm cooling gang, you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> you know what I'm saying, y'all see how icy a nigga is, though, man. When I want to look at myself, man, I just look at myself in the mirror, though, man, you know what I'm talking about? Make sure I look, that. I got to look presentable, you hear me? So I look at myself, I got to make sure everything on point, man, you know what I'm talking about? And I cool, I see, I got my feet, I got my feet out of everything, folks, you feel me? I ain't cabin, I'm back here, though, man, you know what I'm saying, I wish they had a look. Little- and if I get hungry, like I'm, I'm damn near finna go get me some root cris or something, right? So what I do, right? These, these, these same way, these same thing that come on a plane. So you know what I'm saying? You, whoop? You feel me? I put my root cris right here. Stop blowing. You feel me? I put the root cris right here. Why the seat massaging? You hear me? And go crazy. <laughs> oh, I ain't faking. But yeah, this is what we do, though, man. You know what I'm saying? I got the headphones in there. If you, if you wanna, if y'all wanna join me one of these days, you know what I'm saying? I hop in the car with me. We out of here, man. You know what I'm talking about? This is a spaceship, gang. We ain't doing no faking. Oh yeah, show the teeth. We ain't doing no faking. Yeah, I ain't capping. You here? There's a remote back in here, though, man. We ain't doing no capping speaking, mm-hmm. but like that right there that's what makes it worthwhile
3: wow, yeah, bro, wow. yeah, I got some stories, but that's that's one of my favorites because i remember like the, he was sloppy with the weed and it was everywhere <laughs> and I'm like Yo, somebody come in here, I'm gonna be in the news, you know what I'm saying my local motivational speaker right, you know, right. brings talks to school right. <laughs>
4: Wow! So yeah. amazing. So yeah, you're right. but what you were saying like there's no. I don't think there's another career where you can just yeah do that. So that's why I
2: was saying even if you take out the impact, I can't think of anything else where you on the low end, on the low end, twenty five hundred, on the low end, the average price is twenty five hundred. I ain't charged that in twenty five hundred to five grand. I ain't charged that in a long time, right? So so being that that's the low end. Like to get that really quickly. Like one of my guys, Chris, I don't know if he would mind me sharing, but bro, he's gonna do two hundred thousand this year.
0: Mm.
4: Yeah.
2: One One of my guys saying he got
4: huh? Had you meet him before like where before he was two hundred thousand. Before that, where was he?
2: Uh he fifteen hundred. I got a video I can show you right now on my phone. I don't know if you can mention the podcast. My man said, bro, you changed my life. He got his first $10,000 speaking engagement. No, and- when
4: did, did you connect with him when he was making what,
2: $1,500? Yeah, he was, he couldn't get past that $1,500 yeah. mark. And so when I showed my video to Warren, I was like, oh, boo, that's cool. I was like, he a little extra. She's like, oh, don't do that. Don't do that. You know what I'm saying, don't make it seem like ten thousand. Like when we first, our first ten thousand dollar check. Like, don't act like you wasn't in tears. I said, are oh, you right? <laughs> She's like, don't.
3: You know what I'm saying. She's like, don't be acting. Break- Never came across this motherfucking video. Nigga got me mad like this. You faggot motherfucking bitch. That's what you is, Charleston White. That's what the fuck you is, nigga. Okay. How many times I got to make videos about your bitch ass, nigga? How many times I got to check your bitch ass? I told you, motherfucker, to watch what the fuck you say, you dumb motherfucker. you bitch-ass nigga. I don't agree with no motherfucking nation to Islam. The reason why I don't agree with them, because they don't believe the same thing that the regular Muslims believe. They are not Sunni, okay? They don't believe what we believe. They don't believe in life after death. They don't believe in Judgment Day, nigga. The Quran says clearly talks about Judgment Day and warned you of Judgment Day, motherfucker. All these books warn a Judgment Day, okay? Now you sitting here taking a risk, talking about God and saying that he don't exist when you don't know what the fuck is out there in the motherfucking universe, you dumb motherfucker, okay? You ain't been on this motherfucking earth, nigga, no more than 40 or 50 years. You old dolphin looking motherfucker. Probably younger than me. I'm about to be 50 motherfucking years old, nigga, and your ass looks 65, motherfucker. dolphin ass motherfucker talking all that motherfucking shit. If I don't got nothing good to say about somebody, I'm not going to say nothing at all. If somebody come at me and they got a problem with your bitch ass, then I got to come back and check your dumb ass again. Until you listen to what the fuck people are saying about your stupid ass nigga.
2: I'm going to put, put in the music. People think oh, I'm gonna go to the studio every day. And one of these songs going to be a hit. Yeah, one of them songs going to be hit, but not if you don't got no money. You have to have some money behind the song, period. It ain't going to work. Nobody's going to hear. You're only going to set yourself up for the these bigger artists who have money to be digging like they do. These bigger artists, they don't do anything but go on YouTube, find artists who don't got no money, and steal their shit. You feel me? They steal this shit. Yes, y'all know. Y'all heard about it. Oh, man, that was my song I made in 2015. That was my song I made in 2014. That is not fake. That's all real. They're going to go take your song and switch that shit around. So, you need to stop putting out that fucking music and get a bag. Get the bag. You get more respect anyways from everybody. From the vloggers. From this person. From that person. They definitely want to see you come from the ground up. But they definitely want you to have everybody, like for me, right? Like, I'm going to sign somebody, right? But me, I need a hustler like myself. You feel me? Like, you, like, when you look at all these other artists who have these guys that they sign, notice that they sign big hustlers. Big time niggas that's getting money. You know, niggas ain't really just going to sign that niggas that ain't got no type of hustle in them because... It's almost like a drag. It's almost like a, you know what I'm saying? It's one of them, like, damn, bro, you feel me? Like niggas is looking for that, that hustling nigga, the nigga that make you excited when they come around because they always get to the bag. That's fun. You wanna, you wanna fun, motherfucker. Like, you know that they ain't always got the.
5: Like, damn. They there. Facing the day, they still call me. Obviously, they want some more work. One contract. That was just one. Yeah, but. I got 40 of them. That's what a lot of people don't understand. You got to watch, rinse, repeat this thing. What yeah. is going on right you now? Gotta, <laughs> All right, you got to okay. watch, rinse, repeat it, man. The thing is this. There's not a lot of companies that know how to obtain federal government contracts. That's the first thing. So the federal government continues to call the same companies over and over again, even though they know you don't have a specialty. What they do know is, You can find a subcontractor that's going to do the job of the scope of work and get it done. That's what they know. Golly. Mm -hmm. How many contracts you have right now? 40.
4: You have 40 contracts. Yeah. Various numbers, right? They're not all 3.2.
5: But they're not all only 3.2, bro. Right, right. You (laughs) feel me? So nowadays, I've tapped into the real estate world and federal government contract. That's a different space. That's a whole different beast. But 30 of my contracts are four years and better. So that's that residual, you know, month after month after and month. And
4: just uh, just that particular isolated situation of 3.2 is spread out over four years. It's over four. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. So, and how do they pay it out? Every month, every 30 days. So they take 3.2 million divided by
5: uh, X months, amount yeah, of months. Yeah, whatever the month. And so then they just. They have, I invoice, months. I invoice. So I see how much money I got to charge them. Every month, I hit that invoice button. Boom. Maybe 15 days later, in the same month, that money come through. So you send out 40 invoices every month? Yeah. Well, now, not me, but— Right, or not you, yeah. yeah. But the team, yeah. That's lit. All
4: right, (laughs) Okay, so let's let's take them back. Let's take them back. Like, who is Jay White? Like, how did you get started?
5: Man, I was working at the gas station. I was—in 2008, I was working at the gas station, BP— my homeboy rolled Go up on me. I was serving gas. The what? boy behind the glass? Yeah, that was me. So you pulled up on me. So everybody got a little salary, right? Right. You and my people, I'm going to give you some free gas. You give me $20, I'm going to give you $10 worth of free gas, right? What year is this? It's 2008. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. you can just pull yeah, yeah. up to the tank. It ain't like now, right? You got to pay before you play. Right. Back then, you could just go to the pump and get right, it in. Right, right. Yeah. Hold so, on,
4: we're, we're in Maryland? No, no, no. I'm from uh, Virginia. Virginia? Virginia. North, yeah. Did they pump the gas for you in Virginia? No. Because they did in New Jersey. Yeah, yeah New yeah, Jersey, yeah. they'll pump the gas for you.
5: Well, that's up north, down south. Virginia ain't necessary. Virginia is somewhat yeah, well, we to Georgia, but we, Virginia, you know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, Virginia is <laughs> not necessarily considered South, it's is it? South, baby.
4: Yeah, it's like borderline.
5: Because D- I'm saying, but DMV is uh, Delaware, okay, Maryland. Okay, okay. So I'm yeah. below the DMV. So north, you got Northern Virginia. And then yep. you got Water. I'm from consider. So okay. Right. I, like I don't know what
4: I'm talking about. I know it, in
5: Okay. All right. So you're the
4: dude the class. Like, yo, let me get the chapstick. You're like, all right. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's me. That's yeah,
5: yeah. That's me. Hold on. All right. You want this one or you want that one? That's me. What sushi, sushi you want? Or you want the great one? All right. Group. Yeah, that was me. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So how did you? So he rolled up on me. Who? My homeboy. Mm-hmm. He said, I'm going to do federal government contract. I'm going to get a truck. I said, what's federal contract? What is, it? what is that? I had no clue. He said, hit me when you get off work. I said, Bad, I got you. Next day, my boy went to jail, actually. Went to prison. The guy. Yeah, he went to prison. The next day, I hit him up when I got off nothing. I hit him up the next day. His mama told me he got locked up. I so cool. He put the bug in my ear because he said it was such enthusiasm I was like yo what is that like he was hype he's like, I'm gonna get a truck I'm gonna get a federal contract Ooh, I'm about to do this I'm like man okay cool so he put the bug in my ear I did my my YouTube research back then so I tried to piece everything together it took me three years to win my first contract though so I started in 2008 I didn't win one until 2011 Damn. yeah I was struggling I hate to number one, I hate to read. I told you I got a PhD. right public high school diploma. Right, right, so I don't got it all there in terms of the education, like okay, I, I, step one, step two step, i ain't I was just trying to that go actually forward. makes me
4: feel real comfortable because I hate research and when i I hate it, i man. because i've I've heard of the industry and all I see is paperwork, and I'm like, yeah. this is not for
5: me, yeah, yeah, Period. so. I'm just the guy, you know, jump out the window, build my parachute on the way down. And I'm taking all kind of lumps. Like I can't figure it out. I'm getting frustrated. Three years. Three years. No contracts. None. Zero. But peep game. When I went that first one, it was over. Cause I started to document what I was doing. Cause I was getting close. All the ones that I was losing, I noticed I was getting a little better at certain pieces. Okay. And my pricing is better. Right. Cause at first, I might charge the government $20,000 to clean toilets. Like, I'm way off. I'm way off. But I didn't compare prices. I high wasn't or doing low? That's super high. To mm. clean toilets? Maybe two? Like, I was doing stuff like two toilet contracts, $20,000. I want $20,000. Gotcha. I'm going, I'm going too hard. The federal government, I'm thinking of it as like a blank check. Mm. Like I was doing it wrong. That's how I think of yeah, it. I yeah, right. yeah, I was right. I was doing it wrong. So, boom, my pricing got better. Then my timing got better. Remember, they all got due dates. So I was submitting them after the due date. I didn't have no computer for real. like I was all jacked up. I was just working with what I had. So my pricing, my timing got better. But more importantly, my communication got better. Because every contract has a contract specialist. Mm -hmm. Most people don't even communicate with them people. I communicated with them because I didn't know nothing. Okay, what's the definition of this word? I will call them. Okay, why do I need to sign this document? I will call them. So I started to notice the more and more I called, the more information they was they was actually teaching me how to do it. Oh, As wow. I'm going through it, right? They ain't even know. So I started to document the things that I was doing and saying and the responses I was getting back. And then I won my first one. The first one I won, it was for 125 bucks to me.
6: Of a man. And they done took that value away.
5: Um, he got into a Dr. Umar Johnson. Yeah, he a fraud too. that yeah. well, Dr. Umar Johnson? Yeah, man, y'all know he a fraud. Y'all
2: kind of preach some of the same things though. Well, I
6: ain't begging for money. See, I was, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We, now I ain't saying a nigga don't say no real shit, but man, he done been caught with a stripper hoe Oh, uh, he been begging for money. About a school he ain't got built. Uh, yeah, man, he he went off on a rampage one time. They thought the nigga was crazy, crazy. Uh, no, man. Oh, uh, I ain't done none of that, homie. Yeah, man, I ain't had a, I ain't flopped yet. Let me just say, it, yeah, I ain't flo, ain't, ain't flopped yet, man. Yeah, they gotta at least let me flop for they yeah bash me. But yeah, I ain't flopped yet, but. Kevin Samuel and Doctor Umar Johnson, homie, oh uh, man, they playing on us with that shit, man. Neither one of these men, <clears throat> man, we man, we just watched white folks go to the U- U- U.S. Capitol and storm the Capitol. We watch white, we watch fat white men climb walls. Oh, man, they kill people. Many people went up there and done something we ain't never saw ever before in our time of living.
5: And these are the men that I work Exactly, you know, what messages do you be trying to get out
6: there? Oh, uh, right now, homie, on the internet, I'm all I'm all character, right? I'm all character and entertainment. Excuse me. In real life, uh, I really work with children. And I ain't got to be a character, right? The character just expanded my platform. So, uh, 10 years I've been working in the community. Nigga, now I'm just, uh, now I'm like what they call, I'm retiring. I'm burnt out. <laughs> now, uh, I'm transitioning from being a community guy to entertainment character youtube uh comedian, and while I'm doing this, connecting people to programs as I travel from city to city uh and people like yourself, hey, man, you know anybody work with youth programs where I got the youth program. So somebody interview me, homie, they don't just get an interview, they get a guy that can give you youth program to help this person over here, uh, we got a trucking company, you know, somebody with a trucking, you know, so, uh, so now, nah, homie, right now I'm just playing for the, for the movie deal I done got, uh, so this shit done went Hollywood and, 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 and entertainment and celebrity now. So uh, fuck the community my people. shit. Nigga, I did it for 10 years. I'm tired. I'm ready to retire. <laughs> Let another motherfucker take over. Plus, motherfucker like Malcolm X, Martin Luther King, them niggas died broke with that community shit. <laughs> Everybody talking that my community shit.
7: The kind of respect that the appropriate attitude of non-specialists uh to specialists ought to be one of respect, not um, uh, uh, not in necessarily enthusiasm. You shouldn't always accept what the expert says is to be as true, but you should be respectful of what they know and you don't. Um, and I think that that is an ongoing. Unless you take great pains as a society to constantly. Um, reinforce that idea that experts deserve our respect. Experts will not get respect. You're seeing, a, you're seeing a, this is on display right now, right? You have a group of lawmakers who have no respect for the expertise of uh, the economics profession. I literally saw a guy on TV the other day, uh, some lawmaker from somewhere, who's like, I don't know anything about economics. You know, I know something about what it takes to run a household or something. This is a guy who's in Congress. I mean, it's, that's, <laughs> that's problematic, right? Um, but you, there has to be a kind of... Um, uh, we, this is something that you, you can't ever let up on enforcing that as a core ethic in a, in a technologically complex society Uh, expertise is at the heart of all progress, right? And you have to create the social conditions under which expertise is respected. And if if, if you let down your guard at all on that, crazy things start to happen. You have people running around saying that they don't want to vaccinate their children, and you have people running around saying that it's fine if we defaulted in two weeks. And we have, you know, there's this kind of, Madness that will that will take that will take take over. So that's a I mean that's a, not an answer to the question because it's really hard to inculcate that, but the people in this room are and me. We're all we're the people who have to do that kind of work. Right? It makes sense. Um, why don't
0: folks start lining up uh, the mics? I think we have one out here. Uh, if you want to ask a question, uh, but I, I'll keep going on until uh, until you do. Um, as you think about all all the work that you have done, has there been an insight or two that you've captured that's really profoundly shaped your own behavior,
7: your own life? Uh, that's interesting. Um, I... Uh... Well, the book that Blink, my second book, was the book that affected my. uh, It so profoundly undermined my belief in my own capacity to make good decisions, that I feel I floundered for several (laughs) years after. Um, But in all kinds of ways, I just came away from that book um, realizing that the. Degree to which are um, d- d- that we massively underestimate the role of the irrational in our own lives, um, and we're constantly making up stories that make it sound to ourselves like we are behaving in a logical, commonsensical manner, and we're simply not. Um, you know the some guy I. One of the guys I run with is a social psychologist. And he was telling me about this study that was done in recently where that looked at the, um, how the, um, the willingness of a judge to grant parole varied by the time of day. So right before lunch, judges are really, really crabby and don't grant parole at all. And when they come back from lunch, their rates soar, right? That's the kind of thing where I would imagine that if you lined up all the criminal judges in America and you told them that, they would dispute that so vigorously, right? They're convinced that they approach every case the same, and yet you do the simplest analysis and you discover a very disturbing um, uh, pattern. Now... You know, maybe some part of that is artifactual, who knows, but it it certainly merits some um, investigation right Well, I feel like there's that there 's versions of that everywhere, and we 're so resistant to kind of acknowledging that about our lives Greg um. why don 't we take one of the audience questions
1: um, So I was really fascinated by your zeitgeist talk about elite institutions, and thinking if we take Google as a potential elite institution. I'm curious your thoughts on the potential damage we may be doing to ourselves and our employees because not everyone here can be the superstar and yet most of the people coming here were superstars before. So I'm curious if you have any research or thoughts on the impact of that for organizations.
7: Yeah, so this is an interesting question. So how do you restructure organizations such that you minimize the psychological damage of people at the bottom of the hierarchy? So one way is to limit the notion of hierarchy, right? So what is the thing that is so toxic about uh, elite colleges in science and math programs is that necessarily there is a hierarchy. You give out grades and you know where you rank and you're in a classroom setting where you're all trying to do the same thing so you can easily compare yourself to your peers and know whether you're behind or... That Those conditions don't necessarily apply in the workplace. It's possible to construct workplaces that don't have the toxic element of hierarchy to the same degree. right? That's the... We shouldn't give grades
1: then at Google?
7: Well, I don't know how you, I don't know how you, no, I mean, it wouldn't be as explicit as grades, but I'm saying that there are, you can organize a workplace in a
5: thought that they love the content because they was clicking the crap out of it. So they was like, yo, this is it. This is the content. But you manufactured it. I was... Yo, I yo I'll post one post. I'll go to sleep, wake up to three grand. When Facebook hit, the numbers triple.
4: Wow! Because okay, you're driving traffic to this website, and you just I guess maybe it's like an order form or something like that where you can just put a, your ad just a blog, man, regular blog, and they'll just pay for the ad placement.
5: That's it. All right, so explain the parody accounts. So, a parody account is basically a fan account, a role playing account. I'm pretending to be Will Farrell speaking in his voice. And as I'm speaking in his voice, the people see his profile. And then they made me put parody. Twitter made me put parody account on there. I'm like, all my accounts got suspended. They said I was impersonating people. I put fan accounts, but it was like, nah, that ain't good enough. Put parody accounts. Let them know your role plan. So they deleted all my accounts, gave them back, told me to put parody on there. And then it was just like me acting, acting, acting like I was Will Ferrell. And it was to the point where they would say, yo, Will Ferrell, you need to be like this Will Ferrell. (laughs) Because Will Ferrell don't have all day to sit there and make you laugh all day. So Angelina Jolie, she did love quotes. Will Ferrell, I had him cracking jokes. Um, I had Jay-Z, he was inspirational. Will Smith was inspirational. Yeah, yeah. And I just built them all up the millions
4: of followers. So is that, was that play doing the same thing with the, the ad traffic or was that for another purpose?
5: No, that was all solely based on the ad traffic. Because mm-hmm. the more followers I had, the more money I was making. Yeah. So it was to the point where every time I refresh, I'll go up like $50, $100, $50. Like, I just keep refreshing.
2: Bro, it's so
4: crazy because today people can't figure out how to turn their followers into money.
5: Yeah.
4: And you've been doing it for a decade now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. Can you help me make some money? That's easy. Okay, what what would be the first thing you had me do?
5: So if I had you make money... The first thing I would do is figure out a product that fit your brand the most. Okay. But what I would do is I would test at least 30 products at one time. How? Would I have to post 30 products? I would do it through Facebook ads, Instagram ads. Oh.
4: So coming from my account, we'll no, run No,
5: I wouldn't do it on your account yet. I'll test the model first. I'll test all the products. Right? Can you can get products. you can get products on AliExpress. You can get products, you know. Oh, you
4: actually get the physical product in just to
5: see if the product is good. Exactly. Got it. You want to make sure it's a viral product. Right? You can take products, test it out, test the market out, see what hits the best based on what you feel is best for your brand. Got you. So you test 20, 30 products out, test them all at one time, give them like small budgets, Facebook ads, Instagram ads, and then whichever one rises to the top based on return on the investment ROI, then I'll literally take that one product and then I'll repackage it around my brand. Mm. So once you repackage it around your brand— You can tell the same manufacturer to alter that product to make it yours now. And now you have your own product. You have a manufacturer. You have everything you need
7: Mm.
5: to make sure that your product is actually going to hit. Because you tested it already. It's proven. You're not going to the market guessing what people want. The last thing you want to do is guess what people want. You want to know based on data. You could know, but see. You want to make sure through analytics.
4: What would be a good product for me?
5: I mean, if you had a product, I would test glasses. I would see I would based based on who you are, I would probably test hat. You always wear the hat backwards. Mm-hmm. I would test glasses. Okay. I would test like a workbook, all right? To write mm-hmm. notes from your podcast. I would Just test a regular
4: like a notebook, like a like a blank. Structure
5: structure based on how your podcast is st- uh, set up. So I would have morning meetup notes. Oh. Right? I would have, I would have you know, um, social proof, Whatever, however you structure it, you might have a book of the day, right? So, like on every page, you'll have, you know, morning meetup, like you'll map out the day, social proof, boom, podcast for that time. So, you're training them on how you want them to actually be and think and move throughout the day. Oh my God. And then right at the end, you can put like affirmations, right? You can put a book of the day. What did, what did you learn from that book from that day? Like, you know, I'm just off the top of my head, but that's something I would do. That would be another product. I would think of oh, just different, def, definitely a digital product. You know, repurpose what He's you're saying. Done this multiple times. Yeah, I do this all the time. Like, it's easy. Can we partner
4: or something? what you try to look Well, Love? I don't know. What would I have to do? Okay, so let me ask. What I... Would I have to, like, be a client or, like, can we partner on
5: something? So this is what happened. So I created my agency, Alizar, right? And I used to do service-based business. And now I just, I don't take anybody. Like, I got a waiting list over over 100 people. Because I was, do I think I'm smart? Define smart. Like...
4: Like the stri- strategic thinker, just like just the 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 smartest person in the room. No, I'm so not right, the I smartest feel like in the room. I, I I don't feel like I'm um I honestly don't feel like I'm that smart in terms of mm-hmm. like um in I don't know, I don't I can't say not intelligent, but there's some things that my mind just doesn't process. So right now, I still don't 100% understand how you monetize Twitter, even though you told me. And my mind's trying to follow it and I'm like, yeah. all right, well, okay, you send people to the banner, but do they pay and you systematize? That's why I feel like you just you look you see things
5: in pictures. So Wait, in terms can of Can you clearly define see things in pictures?
4: All right, look, I know you're enjoying the episode, but I got to tell you finally, you asked for it and we created a Patreon, okay? We created an inner circle. We have amazing stories, amazing information, the how to's from the episodes. The only thing we're missing is a community. So, It's about that time. We put together our Patreon. We put together our community because we have to have conversation around the information. So even this podcast we're listening to right now, there needs to be conversation. I want to hear what you got. I want to hear what you got. Like, let's throw some stuff back and forth. And because we're like-minded, we're all going in the same direction. When we connect connect in a community, we can connect on other stuff outside the community because we're building real relationships. Okay, so... Check out the Patreon. We got three tiers. I don't care what tier you join. Um, the support is, um, the support is appreciated. Okay, thank you so much. Now back to the episode. So, for instance, um, I had a friend. Um, he was never afraid to talk to women. Uh, that was always my thing. I was just, I always take the friend. I just know <laughs> going to a situation, I'm gonna take the friend. It's all good. But. <laughs> In his head, he knows how this thing's going to work out. Right. It's almost like- A visionary. Visionary. From walking up, what he's going to say, what she's going to say, how it's going to go, his rebuttal, where they're going to go later.
5: But that's based on experience. That's all that is. You can predict the future where you know what you know. Hmm. And that's what happened with your boy. He's been through it so many times, he can already predict the next move.
4: The thing is, I think, so for instance, in these interviews, I never know how they're going to go. We've done uh, hundreds, over hundreds of them joints. And I don't, like, even like if if I'm building a business, it's always like a real organic thing. Like we didn't run no ads to the morning meetup. We have like hundreds and hundreds of people in it. But literally day to day, I'm just focusing on delivering today, and I'm I'm I'm, I'm trying to get into it now. Looking at numbers and analytics stuff like that, but I just don't. I don't know if I put the whole play together in my head. I just keep walking. Like, remember I asked you. I, okay, I got this product and this product and. I don't know what to do. You're like, well, okay, structure it this way. Put it in the photo. You're going to run traffic to that. And, like, and even after the call, I'm like, all right, I know what I'm going to do. And then I hang up. I was like, hold on. What did he say? <laughs> I was looking at my notes like, uh, <laughs> am I so-? that's why I'm saying like smart. But you told me something. We was at a restaurant um, where you were like, yo, you don't even have to be smart. You mm-hmm. said something like that earlier. Mm-hmm. Explain that. Do you remember?
5: Yeah. No, I feel like people focus on the wrong thing to be wealthy. And the reality is if you focus on certain key elements, key points, you can accomplish that. One is relationships. If you can master relationships, you'll get opportunities that the normal person would never get because they don't have the relationship. Mm. The second thing is making sure you have the drive to do it, being persistent and consistent. Those three, being consistent and persistent with the right networking skills to build relationships, the people skills— with those three, is a combination for wealth.
0: Dang, that's crazy.
5: It's easy. And then by you knowing this information, going to just hit me. you can utilize it in a way where you have the ups on anybody you meet because, or that's trying to do the same thing you're trying to do because you understand that that's what you need. Because... The information is going to come based on a relationship. If right now I wanted to start. Let's say an e-com brand and I knew nothing about e-commerce. I can call one of my relationships and now I know everything. Because he's just going to tell me. And then you'll consistently work
4: at it and be persistent. Once things don't go well, you God. And it just hit me because the same example that I was using, like with this podcast, I, those are only three things I have. I'm consistently dropping every single week. I'm persistent. I'm I'm gonna get the interviews, and I'm I'm just focus on good relationships.
3: Done. Dang,
2: that's genius. You are
5: smart. <laughs>
2: <I'm>
5: just, <laughs> seriously. So now, if you think about it, like we built our relationship, right? You decided you have morning meet up. You want to create more products to add more value to your audience. What well, we did, we got on a call, gave you my time, and you like we mapped out some crucial. Mm-hmm. But you didn't know that before the call.
2: Then I, uh, you, you know. But, uh, Can you know what
3: I'm
2: Candy bar, folk.
3: If I just recently, like I tell my people, say I can get the fuck up out of here if I want to. That's just the only thing.
2: You feel me? That's how I'll be back. All right. I'm just yeah. saying though. That's my thing though, bro. Clean your credit. You know what I'm saying? Because like cl- me and you both know they ain't. You can't get anything. You can't get a subway I- sign. Sound- you can't get a subway sandwich. You have to fix your credit, bro. You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. they feel like you're poor if you don't have a decent credit score. You have to have it. First thing they're gonna do is let me run your credit. Your ass is gonna be sitting there looking cross eyed, like, uh well, you could have just took the paid the two bands off, gang. Oh. Sorry. All right, move. That tattoos and shit be- listen, bro. You spending all your money and everything else, but what's important? No, this one this shit was
5: over time. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm
6: older now. I'm 33, 30, folks. Oh you know man, you old too? He talking about you old too. Monster Cody, you can go get all you can go get all them OGs that them that's that's on camera talking and ask them to show you how they live and where they live, and you'll see, man, they really homeless. O.G. Percy is a crack addict, huh? Everybody know he smoked crack, huh? That's a dope fiend. That's a dope fiend, huh? I ain't never smoked crack. So I'm saying, okay, that's why they love DMX. They loving the dope. Man, this is the dope crack babies. They despise their mamas, but they idolize the dope fiend rappers, the dope fiend gangsters, but they resent their mothers. They resent their grandmothers for being dope fiends. Only to look at these men to idolize. Not look up to. They don't look up to these men. They idolize. So I'm saying, man, uh, the only reason we went back and forward is because I spoke on something, and it was right. Y'all fighting for what, homie? Y'all for to do a fight for what? Two black men for to fight for what? So now we done tricked the world to believe that only black men can solve their problems is in the boxing ring.
3: Like
5: you said, let's have the spelling bee, right?
6: Man, a debate. Nigga, let's nigga, let's have a let's let's have a, a obstacle. Let's go do a obstacle course, nigga.
5: So you're But you're, I never I never really I never really asked him that. I never really asked him that, but I know that he felt some way because um because of how it all turned out. Like He was like the main person, and then from being the main person and not being the main person, I think that that had a toll on him. Yeah, for sure. Because like he used to have the vans with his face wrapped on it, and went from his face to our face now. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So I think that it probably was something there. Yeah, but But, I mean, but y'all relationship
4: never strained.
5: Yeah, yeah, no, we was always good. We was like. We had that Virgo to Virgo. I don't know if you know Virgos to Virgos, but we airtight. Like, you know, he was always That's like, yeah, he was like the main, main, main man. Wow.
4: So y'all y'all make the, y'all make the song grind on me.
5: hmm And it's just, it's just out of here. So basically what happened was they had the song and they took the song and every day they just played it one time a night. One time a night. And they called so many times, like, yo, if you don't it's play, radio station." Grind on me, Power 96, we broke the record for the number one most requested record in the history really? of the radio station. It went viral. It went, it went crazy. And this was before...